My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the founder of OnlyWebinars.com, and I'm pleased to welcome our audience to today's webinar, which is Plans for Impact, How to Build a Lasting Legacy. I think this topic is relevant in present times, and uh, we are going to have a conversation around this topic. We have an excellent panel, a global panel indeed, from virtually all parts of the world, and uh, I'm going to be introducing our panelists briefly, and uh, all, all my panelists will get another chance to tell us more about themselves and about their stories. So let me start with Dr. Annalisa, who is the founder architect of Your Global Village, which happens to be a sponsor for today's webinar. And for those who don't know, it's a platform that enables personalized and profitable community building. She's also the founder of Insight LLC, which is dedicated to providing practical data-driven insights to small business owners. Welcome, Dr. Annalisa. Thank you. Thanks, Sharad. Next on, I want to welcome Terry Winston. Uh, she's a business coach, mentor, and is a global authority on creating clients for life for business coaches. Terry firmly believes her success only comes by helping others to achieve theirs too. Her motto is step up and give back. Next on is Susan Furness. Uh, Susan is a strategist, a wordsmith, and so many other things rolled into one. <laughs> uh, spirituality and well-being being some of those. She guides individuals and teams to look at different places for new answers to business, community, family, and life. Paul Dunn, based in Singapore. Welcome, Paul. Okay, Paul, thank you. Paul is the co-founder of B1G1 Business for Good, the global giving initiative that's already enabling businesses to create over 225 million giving impacts globally. That's amazing, Paul. Uh, next on, we have John Scott, who's... Um, who's a globalist, I would say. Sometimes he's in New York. Right now, I believe he's in uh, Milan and day after in Dubai. So welcome, John Scott. I know you are a cultural and leadership behavior specialist. And I know you have more than 25 years of experience handling C-suite clients. And I'm waiting to hear your stories shortly. Thanks, also joining us is uh, Philip Horvath, who is also a traveler, to say the least. Uh, last I met him in Berlin, uh, this morning he is checking in from Los Angeles, I believe it's 5 a.m. Uh, this morning. Uh, so uh, Philip is the founder of uh, Lumen, and he works with startups, NGOs, artists, futurists, scientists, just to name a few. And uh, he is uh, a change maker. So every interaction I've had with him, I've learned so much from him. So thank you, Philip, for joining our panel. So there you have it. Uh, uh, that's our panel today. And uh, we will get down to uh, the topic on hand. And uh, my opening um, question, perhaps to Annalisa, if I may, is uh, I want you to share with us uh, what uh, really is, uh, you know, making an impact in your life in terms of what you are doing uh, day to day in your community, et cetera. So please uh, share your story with us. Uh, we'd all like to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sherrod. And, and what a privilege 
it is to be here with all of you with uh, in, on this panel as well. So um, as, as Sherrod has introduced um, us all, um, you would have heard that I'm the, the founder creator of your global village, um, but I'm also the co-founder of Global Impact Entrepreneurs with Terry here. And that really is what the whole story is about. Um, now, if I have to step back to think about the impact that I'm creating, um, I firmly believe that entrepreneurship is the avenue to change in the world and creating a positive impact in the world. So my philosophy is if I can help businesses be successful, I get to be part of the impact that they are creating. And I think that's, that's something that really inspires me every day is how can I help them to be successful because it helps the world become a better place. And then I've translated that into building a legacy. And this truly is a legacy project um, with the creation of your global village. So as Sherrod has explained, the, the village is a metaverse inspired um, community that comes together with a few objectives in mind, but it's, it's orchestration that happens in there. It's, it's got systems in place to orchestrate things, amongst which is the promotion of the individual residents, creating really powerful connections, creating a community that is there to, uh, to promote each other. And most importantly, it is about amplifying the impact of each individual member. And what we're trying to do, Terry and I, we're now creating the first model village uh, for the global impact entrepreneurs. And the idea with this is that we'll create a number of villages that interact together. And if you can just think of the impact that they collectively create in the world, what an incredible thing that could be. So that is how I am building my legacy and putting an impact into the world. And I'd like to hand over to Terry here because she can then expand on what I've just said. Thanks, Annalisa. Uh, yeah, and thank you again, Sharad, for having me here and being able to share with um, all the other awesome panellists and those that are listening in. Uh, yeah, Global Impact Entrepreneurs was born out of uh, a, a need to be able to support entrepreneurs to see that they can make an impact in many, many ways. It is definitely uh, from a um, philanthropic perspective, but also through personal you know there's levels of impact it's like the personal side of impact the business side of impact and the philanthropic which all ripples to each other and um, just echoing what Annalisa said is you know it's the entrepreneurs that really can make that difference and in particular with what I'm doing which is connected to that is I'm always out there looking to work with impact driven entrepreneurs that really do want to make that difference to themselves, uh, to their business and, and the world. And, you know, we are the ones that definitely can be do can be doing that. So I thrive on attracting people like that into communities. So that's really key. And particularly having the platform like your global village where we can actually bring them together and have the likes of, of the amazing Paul Dunn who can um, support from a you know high level impact as well. Um, but I'd love to hand over to Susan and hear your perspective. Thank you, Terry. I'll take Paul. I hope you can all hear me well. Um, I got because, you. Yeah, oh, good. Because um, I'm 
I'm practicing being decisively human in a digital world this afternoon. So you know, I have all the kit around me, but um, you know, it was it was playing tricks, and those tricks, of course, then meant that it was impacting the way I was going to turn up. So indeed, isn't that interesting? You know, impact, impact is so real, isn't it? It's so present, isn't it? And, you know, as I was tossing all of this around, thinking, gosh, how am I going to get online in time? And I haven't got my backdrop, and Sherrod might not be happy with me. You know, I started to think a little bit more about the definitions of success and the definitions of impact. And I suddenly thought, well, what's the measure of each? And I thought to myself, well, success indeed um, is in the past because it's quite tangible and it always has a benchmark or a barometer against which we can say, was it successful or not? But impact, of course, is quite alive, isn't it? You know, quite fluid, quite in the moment. It could have been an impact from the past that we're carrying forward as an experience, but it's really quite alive in the moment. And it got me thinking that it's neither tangible nor intangible because you could measure it, but it might just be present. And we don't quite yet know that it is impacting. It's a soft boil, you know, it's, it's a slow burn <laughs> and it doesn't quite actually nourish us until later. And it also got me thinking that it can be positive and negative, whereas success is always positive, isn't it? But of course, impact could also be negative too. So this afternoon, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of just working with this dexterous movement and straddling of um, impact and how I was going to let it help me turn up now to be with you all in the room today um, and it was it was quite it was quite a little um, it was quite a little struggle of dexterity at one moment so um, taking that thought and um, thinking then well if we break the two words you called me a wordsmith earlier so if we take the word impact and break it in two which we did on a media post recently and have it as imp and act, and if imp is that naughty little thing that can act out, maybe it's called the ego. So how do we get impact to also always act out as we would like it to, positively and tangibly? So I think it's time for me to throw the ball of impact over to you, John Scott. Take it away. Thanks, Susan. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, I appreciate the perspectives and the varied perspectives and I changed my view so I could see everybody at the same time, which is helping me kind of get into get into everyone's uh, mode. Impact, it's interesting because we're talking about business, I think immediately about business, right? Just my reflex, uh, which is good and bad. My clients would think it's probably good. Um, in terms of the impact on the world, it's a, it's a bit bigger than that, to put it mildly. So I think that we look at legacy, we look at legacy thinking and how we approach everything we do in terms of what is the impact of this decision, of this behavior, of this way of being at work, in life, and in general. So I always think about you know, how others approach their work and life after their interactions with me. Does it help them? Does it add to their experience? Does it help them reframe uh, their ways of thinking or working? And in a grander sense, because you mentioned this earlier, I think Annalise did, 
um, you know, with these little impacts, these little changes, I like to describe um, some of the work of my intention as having just the most microscopic, tiny little ripple. And then if you magnify this over time and hundreds and thousands of people, hopefully it becomes a bit more of a movement. And I'm happy to say that several of my clients who've spoken to colleagues uh, have been, you know, have been approached and said, did you, you sound like you worked with John Scott. <laughs> and so it's been kind of fun for me to get that <laughs> feedback because I, I do like to have people think a little bit broader to step outside the immediacy of that moment. And, uh, you know, as Sinek talked about in his rewrite, you know, looking at things from an infinite perspective versus a finite in the moment immediate uh, result. So I find that super interesting. And I'm really curious, uh, Philip, what your, what your thoughts were your take on this. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, and I love the fact that you mentioned ripples because that's where I usually start. But right? I think of each of us as sort of a drop that falls in water and we all create ripples. So each of us always has impact, right? whether we want to or not. And over the last years, people have become aware of sort of our footprint and what we leave behind. But I've always been more concerned with the question of a handprint, right? From the first person who was in a cave somewhere and said, look, I was here, right? And put his hand on the wall. We have this, right? And now most of our nerve endings are here and in our mouth because we're made to feed ourselves, right? But we have these hands, but we can do things. And I work a lot with entrepreneurs and actually recently mostly with entrepreneurs and large organizations, helping people shift that mindset and understanding that every individual and every individual getting together are creating ripples of impact, right? So every business is an impact business. And you might have a really, pardon my language here, but a really, really shitty impact on people, on environment, on society, or you have a very positive impact on people, environment, society. And that's really our choice now is to really look at, you know, when people talk about impact business or social business, there's somehow hidden in that the assumption that normal business is antisocial and it's okay. And it's not okay because we, we see now Right? We have these magical devices. We see each other across the globe here. We have this transparency. We see that what we're doing in our impact. So we can't say we didn't know. And I think this is really the shift that we understand that all business is creating impact. And we now have a choice of what kind of business we want to create. So I'm curious, Paul, you, you have a lot more experience than I, you know, I have a little bit less hair than you, but you know, you have <laughs> more experience with businesses. I mean, what, what, what have you seen out there in terms of people shifting towards understanding their impact? Uh, well, Philip, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. And by everybody, I mean those of you joining us, wherever it is that you are. Um, and uh, I, I just want to say that there's never been a time like this. And, and interestingly, um, you know, so many interesting views from, uh, from everybody around, because, you know, perspective is, as a friend of mine once said, looking at things from a place where you're not. And which, of course, is very challenging for every single one of us to do. And already I've got some interesting uh, perspectives as a result of uh, just being here. So thank you very much for that. Let me add some uh, other perspectives in uh, on top of this before uh, we, we get some more comments. Um, uh, and Terry and Annalise know this, that whenever I see the word legacy, uh, perhaps because I'm a little closer than many of us here to actually leaving one, uh, in terms of age, I always think of legacy in uh, an interesting way. And that is that whenever we think of legacy, we tend to think of leaving the legacy. And the important thing you mentioned, Philip, the, the idea of choice. And, and the important thing I think for us all to realize is that we don't have a choice as to whether we are going to leave one. We are going to leave one, but we have a choice of what it looks like, right? So that's the first thing. It, you know, it could be a legacy of consumption, 
hopefully not, or a legacy of contributions. That's the first thing. The second thing then re relates uh, in, in relation to impact. Oh, by the way, uh, Sharad, let me just update your number. I had a look on the B1G1 site and it's actually 259 million uh, today, yeah. 983, uh, 498 to be exactly precise. So uh, that's, a, that's a really good feeling. And we might talk about how we measure that and where it comes from and all of those sorts of things. So just playing with legacy for a minute, and also kind of weaving impact together because impact is, is, is what, what drives, I think, many of us here. Uh, hence the reason in the village, you know, there's an impact house and all of those kind of things. And I think just playing on the legacy thing for just a minute, um, you know, yes, we don't have a choice, but I love to play alliterations, you know, with words. Susan, you talked about words being very powerful. And there's an interesting kind of alliteration. You can go from leaving a legacy and you can play with it this way. You can say, well, instead of leaving it, why don't we live it? Why don't we actually live the legacy as if it was now? Because the reality is it is now. That's the reality. And then the second thing, and that's why conversations like this are so important. If we play with another L word, for example, we get leverage the legacy. And that's exactly what's going on here, Sherrod. And congratulations for having the wisdom to put all of that together. So, uh, and then the, the final thing I wanted to say, uh, I, I think it was John Scott who raised the issue of, of businesses and business for good. And I think uh, Paul Palmer in his uh, book that came out exactly, well, six days ago, seven days ago, uh, which is called Net Positive, he, he and uh, Andrew Winston uh, come up with a really interesting question, uh, which, which I think deals with the immediacy of the issue that John, John Scott was talking about. And the question he asked was this, and maybe it's an interesting question for all of us uh, joining us now to ponder. And the question he asked was this, is our world better off because your business is in it? It's a really fascinating question. And then, of course, you can kind of remove the word business and say, is the world better off because you're in it? And of course, the world is better off when you're in it, when you're impact driven and when you're living a legacy, leveraging it so that you can actually leave it as well. So there's a nice circular thing for you all. Thank you, Paul. Um, I've just got uh, Shibon into the room because I know she's doing a great job in community building. So when it comes to legacy, I'm sure all of us in the room will agree, we can't do too much on our own, but we can achieve a lot together, right? So that's where community building comes in and that's where Siobhan comes in. So I'm going to give the stage to her for a couple of minutes to introduce herself and share her story on community building. Over Thanks you, so Siobhan. much. Thank you so much for that, uh, Sharad, and for this uh, fantastic conversation as well. You know, when I think of legacy, two things come to mind for me. Uh, the first is an old Peruvian saying, we've not inherited the earth from our parents, we're borrowing it from our children. And the Native Americans also talk about unto the seventh generation, that all of the decisions that we make need to take in the next seven generations. And I like to think of COVID as um, bringing, uh, Leonard Cohen, the, the singer and poet, has a, an expression, you know, that every crack lets the light in. And I think COVID has created a, a crack within Absolutely. our corporate 100%. world and, you know, a new opportunity to start to think more deeply and more meaningfully about 
who we are. I love that expression. Is our world better off because of our business? And I'm really pleased to say when you asked that question, Paul, my answer was yes. <laughs> and the reason why is because one of the I've decided to build my legacy in my third age of uh, being in business through the development of awakening collaborative wisdom. I don't think we can proceed in that traditional, competitive, individualistic, charismatic leadership style. Um, the challenges facing us are too pressing. So for me, everything comes down to how do we create that space for collaboration? How do we learn about it? How do we sustain it? How do we awaken it within individuals that it becomes as profitable um, to us or far more profitable to us in every way, body, mind, heart and soul um, than the old model has? I, I think that's brilliant. And, and of course, that if I could just say, Sherrod, the, yeah. the, that's brilliant. That's why things like villages, right? I mean, villages are a community and we come together in that. And I think it's a fab, your, your point about the, the pandemic accelerating everything uh, without wishing to uh, minimize some of the other things that have happened. But there's been this really amazing acceleration. And so I think we're really understanding now, or hopefully anyway, that you know, there's this shift from like from me to we, from value to values, so that what we stand for becomes really important. And when you blend what we stand for with legacy and impact, you get something very, very powerful. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, if I may just jump in, I got this on social media uh, from one of our participants who's in the audience today. And I'll just share it uh, with you. It's the old Confucius saying actually, and it goes like this. If your plan is for one year, plant rice. <laughs> if your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. If your plan is for 100 years, educate children. Yeah. And if I'm paraphrasing a little, if your plan is forever, plant an idea. Who agrees <laughs> with that? Oh, Anybody wants to 100%. take that forward? 100%. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't heard that Confucius say before. So, uh, so really, really cool. I love it. I love it. And, and by the way, I, I forget who it was who talked about ripple. Um, and, and really, that's one of the, the things that ideas can do, right? They can ripple. And I, I, I like, and Terry and Annalise know this, that, uh, you know, I really like what uh, Steve Jobs, who, you know, 10 years ago last week, uh, uh, who passed away. And, and I love what, what, what he said. He said this, he said, the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. And I want to segue this. I want to flip this. And then he went on to say, the storyteller creates the vision, the values, and the agenda. And here's the key piece for an agenda yet to come. I'm sorry, for, for an agenda yet to come, for, for the others that follow us, right? For a whole unborn lot who are yet to come. And that's the beautiful thing about what we're doing, and that links so beautifully to legacy and all of those, uh, all of those sorts of things. So, so yeah, the you know the more, I mean, yes, it is late at night here in Singapore, uh, but I'm already inspired at eight o'clock when I or nine o'clock when I should be going. Oh, it's time for bed. So uh, it might be difficult to sleep with all the ideas here. So thank you very much for being a part of it. I think if I may jump in for a moment, I think part of what I find tremendously interesting about planning for impact and legacy and where they're juxtaposed, I read this and perhaps one of you is the one who posted it, so I certainly won't take credit for it, but we live in this immediate 
hyper fast, hyper connected world. And I read something recently, which really hit me. And it was a story about um, natives uh, or I, I don't, indigenous peoples who, when someone made a mistake in the village, the whole village would gather around them and tell them all the positive things they've done and to remind them of the positive impact that they're having instead of you know, criticizing them or, or, or punishing them in some way, to remind them that this mistake was a learning opportunity. And I really firmly believe that if we have this approach in the world at large and in business specifically to have an appetite for risk, have a communal approach to success and to really help leaders uh, lead generatively and, and lead with courage, I really think it, it creates a far better circumstance for all of us. So I wanted to just mention that quote because uh, I read it and it was very, very impactful to me. Yep, uh, sure. Susan, you want to jump in? Uh, um, yes, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Um, oh gosh, there's so much, much juice in there. But one bit, let's go on to wordsmithing and maybe tense as well. And I'll cite, if I may, Mark Nepo, um, you know, a wonderful author, one of his um, books is the Book of Awakening, where there's 365 wonderful stories each day. And I tell you, if I could pick it up now and read it out to you, and whatever is on today would mean something to us, it would impact us. But a number of months ago, whatever day it was, it was the day of the story, um, he was playing with tenses and he was saying, look, you know, it's really good to dream but it's turning dreams into dreaming and love into loving and plans into planning. And then of course, impact into impacting and taking it out, Siobhan, into that community space, you know, really letting it ripple, John Scott, and radiate. And so um, also playing with words, I was working with um, uh, an MBA group uh, during Corona, DC, which we're still in, um, I call it BC, DC and AC, before Corona, during Corona, and the impact we're gonna have after Corona. And um, we were mooting around objective, you know, the BC word, so what's my objective? And so offer this, so how, we now, how about we now say, oh, look, what's my intention? And if the BC phrase was, what's the, my objective's outcome? How about, what's the impact? of my intention what's the impact of my intention now about this even add what extraordinary impact can my intention bring so i just love this sort of dexterity and dance with words because yes indeed Sherard, words matter because they carry an energy right and so if that energetic can really shift then we can perhaps then shift the impact and or the success um, and um, I think just one last thing here is about here, about um, Paul, I think you said about being in the moment, about being presenting now. And so in this era where strategy still matters, but looking in new places for different answers to impact is crucial. How about instead of trying to get from here to there, which we're gonna get there anyway, as you've all said, we're going there. 
how about we focus on the impact from here to here? From here to here. I can see some smiles on the screens and I can see some faces thinking, wow. So Paul, should I throw that back over to you because you're off mute? Over to you. Oh, you, you mean this, Paul. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that yeah. from here to here. Well, I mean, we, we, we live moment to moment, don't we? And, and uh, someone said, you know, where we are right now is simply uh, the sum total of the choices that we make at, at those moments, right? And so at every moment, we have that opportunity to make a choice. So yeah, here to here is, is like the first step to, uh, to anything. So yeah, I, I think it's, um, and, and when, you, when you wrap that, and I think it was John Scott who also talked about intention, when you wrap that with intention, and then when you really understand that we cannot, we, I don't know anyone who says, oh, well, I think we do know someone who said, well, uh, you know, I'm the one who can save the world. Uh, but <laughs> and that didn't go too well. But um, so one of the one of the great things that we can do, and again, this is why things like the village is so important. That that's like a collective thing. I love what you said, Javon, about you know the going from the wisdom of one to the wisdom of many. That's also crucial, and we can do that sort of stuff right now. We really can. So I like the whole concept of here to here very much. So. I think Philip, you should come in now. Philip? I was going to say, if I may jump on that for a moment, I love yes. what you said about moments, because really, if you think about life, it's a summation of moments, and at some point, they're going to run out. They're going to be done, right? And so then I can look back at my life and say, what did I do with those moments? And how did I experience those moments? Yeah. And every one of those moments now, 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 will ultimately sum up to this end. And who, would I, who do I want to have been at the end of this, right? And coming back to... <laughs> Make, making use of this lifetime and i do want to comment on the idea of you know doing it individually versus collectively because it's a yes and and i think this is an important paradox for us to integrate it's not an it's, either it's or not, yeah, because right. meaning right if i want to have a meaningful life the word meaning actually comes from german meinen which means to make mine but when you think about purpose there's both the personal vision of who i could be and the impact i'm creating in the world right and so those two coming together gives us actually the intrinsic motivation to do something about it so we have to honor the individual. There's a lot of the we talk, and I think it's important, right? Because it's, but we still contrast it with an either or, and it's a yes and, right? Is it because if it's not personally meaningful right. to you to create your legacy, you're not going to overcome your own bullshit in order actually to collaborate with other people, because you exactly can't do it alone, right. right? We have to have others. We have to be connected. But in that, you know, this is how we deal with divergence. And it goes even deeper into this whole diversity topic, right? Because it's how do I deal with things that are not in order, right? How does evolution deal with the novelty? And it's typically fighting it, right? Which is why innovation is having such a hard time and most innovation efforts and companies fail because they're going against the system of how we've always done things. And so now if we want to change how we've always Hi. done things and we're in this middle of this change to this new awareness of planetary impact. You you have to do it, you know, individually first and then collectively. Yeah. And I would love to, you know, pass it right back to Annalise and Terry because you are obviously working yeah. in community and I saw you kind of smiling when I was talking about the yes and. Are you mad at me? Someone needs to mute their microphone, please. Someone's saying, are you, uh, are you mad at me? I'm not, not mad, mad at you. you. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Philip, I, I, Philip just on that, just, just before we get to whoever it was, and whilst we're muting that mic, uh, uh, I, I love the, the, the yes and. Uh, here's an interesting quote that kind of blends the two together. Uh, 
that I saw three days ago. It says this, passion is about finding yourself, but purpose is about losing yourself in something bigger than you. Right? So you've got the lovely duality in that, uh, in that whole thing there, which is really cool. Good for you. Thank yeah. Thank you. And I think if I may jump in, uh, you know, uh, if you look at like I, you know, my day job is building websites. That's what I do in cyber gear. And I did a brief study of some corporate websites at random. And I looked at about 100 corporate sites in the Middle East region. And guess what? They all have a mission statement. They have a vision statement. And almost nobody has a purpose statement. And I think that is really missing. I mean, without purpose, how are you going to create an impact? Right? So organizations, leaders need to start by defining their purpose. And then they can build on that. And they have to have a culture where employees, the staff, the team are involved in having that discussion. So all ideas are not supposed to come from the top. Right? Some of the best business ideas have come ground up. So it's about involving the teams in building a culture where you hear everybody and you get the best of everybody. Only then we, you know, get better every each day. So if anybody wants to jump in from an organizational leadership angle, what leaders need to be doing, I want to give the floor to Annalisa or Terry because they've been quiet, quiet for a while. So let me jump in and then I'm going to hand yeah. over to Terry because... Um, yeah. She, she has a lot more background on, on many of the things that I talk about, but I'm just, just um, connecting with what Philip said specifically with uh, when it comes to impact, you have to, yes, it's about the collaboration, but you have to also start with yourself. And um, Susan, when you did your, your wordsmithing, I, I thought, well, maybe there's another way to, to slice impact. What if we say it is I'm packed? I am in a pact with other people. Oh, Therefore, I have to start with myself, but it is a, the pact that I make with the universe, with those around me, with leadership, upwards, downwards. So it really is about the combination because um, I don't believe impact is, is a solo sport. Uh, you need to actually reach out to others. So I'll hand that over at this point to, to Terry. What is your experience in this? Thank you for that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Annalise. That will be quoted. <laughs> so that, will, that will make dispatches, you might say. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, thank, thanks for handing that over. It's, um, it isn't a solo thing, definitely. And from a leadership perspective, Sharad, because you brought that up, uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing that the most important thing with this is what you said. It's about having that purpose, that greater purpose. And I have just last week been running a five-day workshop in the US time zone. And there was one amazing guy in there who, uh, they were mostly Spanish speaking, by the way, so it was pretty much all translated. Uh, and he lives in Ecuador. And he's, he owns or he run, owns and runs a school in Ecuador. And it was like looking at how he approaches it from a leadership perspective and how the actual purpose of what, how they've created the purpose is through the children in the school. So they've brought it from the bottom up, like you were saying, it was like the purpose comes from what the children see the future is. 
So, and looking at it like we, we only have now, when you think about it, the only reality is now because the past is gone and the future's not here yet. So we only have now, and they see that from that perspective where the whole purpose of this school was just phenomenal of the difference that these children from Ecuador want to make to the world. And from a leadership perspective, it definitely does need to ripple up. It's not always about coming from the top down, it's coming from the bottom up or coming from within the team. And like Siobhan was saying, it's that collaborative, it's that collaborative side of things that can really make a difference. But I do notice that you've got your hand up, Siobhan, so I'd love to hear your perspective on that. <laughs> it flows beautifully from what you've just been talking about, Terry, which is that um, we are navigating a new terrain. There are no guidelines, there are no signposts to tell us how to be as we, you know, tackling these multiplicity of um, major challenges, global challenges and individual challenges. And that's um, so one of the things that becomes precious for me in this navigation is that there are no experts here. We are all learners in this process. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the learning community model, because it has to transcend hierarchies. It, we gather in that time old traditional structure of the circle where there are, are, there's no one person more better or higher or stronger or more powerful. And I have to, I do quote it each time, Sharad, you always inspire me. I can't help it, but I have to quote Rumi here um, and Rumi's poem, Truth. Truth was a mirror that fell from the sky and shattered into pieces. And all the people came along and picked up a piece of the mirror and upon seeing their reflection said, this is the truth. And we live in a world where people are willing to kill each other because they think their piece of the mirror is the truth. And so a learning community for me becomes a, that safe space where we can put together the different pieces of the, of the mirror and create a deeper and wider understanding of truth. Great. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I thought of something as you were speaking, Sean, and it's, it, uh, it seems, um, it seems to be like many of the conversations I have with leaders around the world, when we get into this space, there seems to be a, a pretty strong disconnect and polarization amongst many leaders who see this topic or these topics, I should say, as uh, that's nice. But, you know, we have to get to the bottom line and take care of business. And I hesitate for a moment, but one of the gifts, and I'll use that specifically of this time, I'll say, is I believe more people have had a bit of a perspective change or at least opening totally. of perspectives. And I think my opinion and, and based on my experience, the leaders and, and organizations and people of the future, <laughs> it's a big statement, cannot achieve their full potential if they're not consciously approaching how they work, how they live, what their legacy is and what their impact is. So I think about this in terms of the people I see on the screen who I know um, are conducting business and they're, they're hardcore results driven as you know, many of us are. And at the same time, you know, just, just to balance it out, I'm sitting, this was not planned. You know, Siobhan and I didn't have a conversation, but you know, we're sitting we're sitting here uh, with my roomy look at my hand, my arm's length, which I read uh, often flip through. 
So I think that there's a balance that has to be struck. And I think we're in a time where we can live that legacy now. I think it's a critical piece. Um, people often say to me, well, what's your bucket list? What do you want to do in your life? And, and um, you know, my girlfriend said that, you know, he doesn't have a bucket list. His life is his bucket list. And I think that that's an important <laughs> message to take a good all of our lives forward. As you've made, yeah. gentlemen, a colleague of mine, Ayla Byron, just wrote a book called Fuck the Bucket List. Right? And it's really about being here and now, right? And really living your life because you have one, you have this moment, that's it. Right? And you know, I think you're right, come back to the, the, the numbers for a moment, John Scott. If you think about future, I mean, right now you have a whole new generation that's much more awake to themselves, right? They've taken the mirror, they've taken the selfie here, and they've become aware of themselves much, much more. And they're not going to work for a company that creates crap in the world, right? And so from a, we talked about return on engagement before. Right now, the engagement mm -hmm. numbers in companies are at about 30%, which is really deplorable, into okay. considering yeah. that the majority of your investment is HR, right? That's the most money you spend as a company, and you get 30% out of those people because they don't have a purpose and they don't have the ability to really bring their genius to the table. They're covering and hiding, playing the good little employee, Right? And this is a bunch of what I change with people too, like turning them into entrepreneurs. Because if you don't have that, you will eventually not have the good workforce. And last year, two thirds of Americans thought about, uh, looked up purpose online, right? 40% are willing to leave their job right now. Out of those 40%, 60% are willing to do it without a new job. Right? That's, that's, that's unprecedented in some ways, right? People are yeah, woken up. And I think last year, thank you, COVID, in the face of death, we think about life. Right. And we, we haven't had that. We've been trying to push away death, right? And, you know, hide it away from the public view a little bit outside of the brutal violence on television. But other than that, we've been hiding away death, right? And this fear of it. But now we've all seen it, right? We've had it in our face that we might die from something that we don't even can't see, can't touch, can't really know if it's there or not, right? So we've had this fear of death put in us. And the result of it is that we're looking for purpose, that we are taking that mirror saying, shit, this is not the only selfie out there. There's other selfies. What are we doing here, people? Right? What are we mm -hmm. doing with our lives? And I think this has caused a ripple for the generations to come because business as usual is already not acceptable anymore. So the metrics are changing, right? The KPI, I mean, of course, you want to make money with your business. That's a given. Otherwise, why have a business, right? I mean, there's profit in the pure material sense, but it's insufficient for the future. It's insufficient to get the top talent. It's insufficient to get the customers. It's insufficient to have vendors that actually don't want to work with you anymore, right? So business, actually, if you want to do business in the future with a rising awareness of people seeing themselves and seeing each other on this planet, if you want to be here, if you even want to have a legacy, you better start looking at a bigger picture in terms of your metrics and get beyond purely the financial metrics because even... I think it was McKinsey did a study when you look purely at financial metrics, the quality of your products and services erodes. When you don't create that extra space for people to explore, when you don't create the safety to and the permission to connect to purpose and play a little bit, right? How we deal with divergence in the business, something that changes, right? And this is what we get to focus on now and making that possible because otherwise your metrics will, you know, even your financial metrics will crash. Hmm. Yeah, interesting you say that, Philip, because we are doing another webinar on this topic alone, where we are talking about ROE as the new ROI, meaning return on engagement is the new metrics, right? So, yeah. and there is a question from, uh, it's an anonymous attendee, and it says, what are the thoughts of the panel on 
if entrepreneurs should invest in philanthropic activities while running a business. So anybody wants to take that? I think uh, what's important is not necessarily to leave something for people. It's important to leave something in people. I'm so to see it all, I'm going to interrupt there because it's, it's not about doing something on the side, right? Like, oh, yeah. here I have a business and I'm creating horrible shit every day. And here on the <laughs> side, I'm doing a little bit of philanthropic work. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, no, look at what can your business do? How can you make yeah. water better? How can you reduce waste? How can you make people treat people better? But there's yeah. always something you can do with a normal business. It doesn't have to be this 100%. kumbaya, save the world, save the trees and save the children all at the same time. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the separate thing that you do while you do business. But and there's a very, the there's a very simple that? way. That, that's right. And, and you know, if, you, if, you, if you go back to what Sharad said about you know, the companies with, uh, with mission statements and vision statements and they don't have a purpose statement, for example, but I think it's a very simple way of fixing that. And why is it when, and maybe there are some startups here, but as well, but you know, the, 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 I, I think the most interesting place to begin a business is to define your impact right there and then. So I don't know that we should be looking necessarily for purpose statements. I think we should be looking for impact statements, which by the way, I think we also should be measuring every day uh, because you, you, you're quite right. You can't, uh, you know, sort of paste over all of the stuff that's going on and say, oh, yeah, but we, we did this as well. There's a net impact that we're making. And unless and until we, we find a way of standing up for that in a very positive way, or let me, let me not put it unless and until, let me, let me just say this, when we start standing up for a positive way, then yes, then those, those unengaged people will become engaged because what are they searching for? Someone said, you know, the, the individuals are searching to make a difference or to make an impact as well. And so when you come out and define that's what we're, we're for, then you are going to become a magnet for talent. And that's, that's, that's all sometimes a little different than, you know, the traditional, uh, oh, I looked it up on Google purpose statement, right? Because when you start when you start to talk about an impact statement, guess what you got to do? You got to put some numbers on that. With a, with a purpose statement, you don't have to, but with an impact statement, you've got to specifically say, "This, is what, this, this is, packed, is what we're doing." Right? Yeah. The well, exactly. It's the pack. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Susan, she's sitting patiently with her hand up. Where'd she go? Yes, and, I am here. Yes, thank you very much, Philip and Paul. I mean, that's what brings brings me, you know, brings us full circle, we were talking ripples, you know, to my sort of wordsmithing suggestion earlier that outcome is now redefined or re renamed as impact. And if I had one takeaway today, which indeed are all these wonderful endorsements by legacy, um, le legacy storytellers, you know, coming up with these wonderful quotes and quotations from yesteryear, that are so fresh <laughs> and nourishing for today, that's awesome. But one other thing is I'm taking away impact statements. I think that is, it is really, really valuable, Paul. Thank you. And I did write in the, in the chat, um, I named Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. I'm sure some of you know Simon, who's doing wonderful bites and speaking out at the moment on numerous um, fabulous uh, topics, including one that he calls you know, from, from purpose to reason to just cause. What is your just cause? What is the just cause of the organization? And what impact is that going to have? 
And that could be impact statements, Paul, and we could quantify those. And I think that's really, really, really powerful. Paul, I can see you chomping at the bit there. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was just going to say, well, I, I know, I know, Simon, but, but I, I was just going to say that in, you know, in, in the book where he talks about just cause, um, you know, he, he's talking, and that's called the infinity game, as, as you know, or the infinite game, I should say. But of course, all of this goes, goes back, you know, if you, if you remember, you know, Stephen Covey, and remember that, that point about, you know, you, you, we've got to have something bigger than ourselves, and Covey called it a North Star. What, what I think is so interesting now, and, and again, I've, I've, what's interesting, by the way, thank you for that, I have never said what I just said. That is to say, I have never said we should replace purpose statements with impact statements. And that's a measure, if you like that one, Susan, that's really good, but that's a measure goes back to talking about from the wisdom of, of, of one to the wisdom of many. So thank you for providing the environment where that came out. So thank you. <laughs> So I'm just going to address a, a question on the chat from Gary Gutman. Hey, Gary, thanks for joining us. Um, I know Gary from New York, and his question is, how do yeah. you how do you change the direction of a business that's going in, in a destructive direction? I'll put that out to the group. How do you help change the direction of a business going in the wrong direction? And John Scott, because you picked the question, does that mean you have an answer to that? Oh, no, I'll... Uh, I'll uh... <laughs> I figured I'd put it to the panel, and I'll, I'll ask uh, I'll ask Terry to jump in. I haven't heard from Terry in a bit. So. <laughs> Thanks, John Scott. Um, yeah, if a business is going in a destructive direction, first of all, you've got to ask yourself why is it going in a destructive direction? What's caused it to go in that direction, and where did it start? Where was it starting from, and what led it to that? So to change that, it really is, I think, just leveraging off what um, Susan and Paul and everyone's been saying is to create that, that real solid, let's call it now an impact statement and not the purpose statement of why you would even want to be doing what you're doing. You know, what is it, what is it that you do and why would you want to do it? And what's the social impact or the bigger impact that you can make as a result of what you're doing? And having that connection into that is the first step. So it's like you people lose track of why they do what they do. Like entrepreneurs so often do lose track of their bigger why, why they're doing it. And as soon as they lose that focus, things can start to ripple into the wrong direction. So you need to bring that back in and then create that solid impact statement of what that could look like and how you could bring it back in that direction. But that's my take on it for now. Um, who else would love to comment on that? I think this is Philip's domain. I would actually love to jump in on that because I think the, the one thing that helps maybe with turning a business around is changing the metaphor from this idea of having a big tanker, right? That you are maybe the captain of and you're trying to change, the, change this tanker around, right? We don't, that's about as obsolete as the oil it's running on because really we have a drone swarm. And this goes back to the power of the many, right? You have a business that's mm -hmm. full of people right who are now. already jumping right at the right bits right to now. try and create the future. But I work with a lot of entrepreneurship programs and big companies, and we start with purpose. We say, hey, who wants to build the future? Who wants to do something? And then you find that early curve, right? The innovators and the early, early adopters, right? Who actually want to build the future and want to do that. And they're going to be across the organization. They're not going to be on top or on the bottom. They're going to be all over the place. And then find them, bring them together, create safe spaces for them to innovate and create the new, right? 
and then they will and actually give them the mandate to impact their area. Right? All the entrepreneurs we work with, we go back and we say, go do lunch and learns in your sessions, in your, in your department, right? Teach it, share it. And it's a little bit like a bird flock, right? Where you have the, the first birds start vibrating already, and then they all take off in one direction, right? But you have those like early birds and find those early birds, right? And work with them to change the direction of your company because it's not a big tanker to try and <clears throat> turn around, right? We don't have that expert and top model anymore. We have the wisdom in the organization now and activating yeah. the wisdom that's already there and trying to bring the future in because there's yeah. people who see it and they want to build it. So give them permission, purpose and permission, really. Yeah. Yes, but you're, way, you're looking at a political reality that exists in the world today that you're not dealing with and that most of us have absolutely no control over. And that's the area that concerns me the most is that I can't control the politics that I have to live with, okay, anywhere. Absolutely. You be, and I mean, if you look at this planet, part of me is a total pessimist because I see our political system, I see the political systems in the organizations, I see how we treat each other. And part of me goes, yeah, you know what, humanity might go to shit. And I, I don't care because I know what I do every day. Well, coming back to the quality of your moments, Gary, I, I totally appreciate the reality of it. And the majority of political stuff in organizations is, is it's vile, really, how people treat each other. And what you know, what you can do is how you want to feel every day, how you show up every day, how the, uh, my colleague uh, Margaret Whitley has a beautiful book, Who Do We Choose to Be Now? And she talks about islands of sanity. You can create an island of sanity for your team, for the people around you, and then find the others. There's others in your organization too. And at least you won't feel completely alone and crazy, right? Because you will find them. And yes, the, the surroundings of it, horrible, right? But we can do something about that in our own world and we can know who we were right coming back to the legacy that we create i can't change the world i can't control how some politicians act right now i can't control that there's gang rapes in the congo right i can't control that we don't have control over life i have influence over life over my chosen domains where i think i can make an impact you know, so that's really for your own mental health honestly Philip, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, and uh, and Terry as well. Thanks for your comments on this. And I think it's you know it's all comes back to me because this is the focus I do um, mostly with clients is is helping build courageous cultures. Because to get anything to change, everything you're talking about, there's this there's this inflection point. People, organizations, and cultures certainly um, where it's it's difficult to change. It's difficult to say you know. I need to take a I need to take a different path. This is not working. Um, what can we do to do? What can we do differently? And it's much easier just to be like, you know, it's uh, it's time to go home. I'll take care of this another time and just let it go. And I think that that's a fundamental issue of courage and action um, that's that drives or underpins this change that we want to create in cultures and organizations and, and in the world and at large. So uh, life is a suicide mission. Right. I mean, you're gonna die at the end. No chance. Right? I mean, life out. is a kamikaze mission. You might as well go do something good with it. You know, what I mean, you because you're running right into the wall. Uh, so, if I may just comment and remind uh, our panelists and our audience that uh, we will be wrapping up soon. I, I know we want to go on and on, but we are close to the 60-minute mark. So, in closing, I will uh, give everybody, like each of our panelists, a minute 
just to recap your experience today and what you would like to be best remembered for is something I'd like to hear from each one of our panelists, uh, starting again with Annalisa, over to you. Thanks, Sharad. Wow. Um, so much rich content in here. Um, I think my, my closing remarks would just be, we, we've talked about a lot of big ideas here, but we also want to just see how do you actually implement this in practice. And for me, it comes down to think of yourself as, if you can see the image on, on the background here, of that drop going into the ocean, that drop is you. And the change you want to create is the end of that ripple effect. And doesn't mean you have to make a big splash. It's a tiny drop that is enough. And it comes down to what are the individual choices that you are making every day on a personal level, a business level, and a community level. That is the impact that you have within your hands today, right here, right now. And that's how you become that impact maker in the world and leaving a legacy. So what do I want to be remembered for? Is um, I want to be remembered for uh, creating the vehicle for a new way of being, just being the container and the impact happens within that. Thank you. Let me hand over to Terry. Uh, Annalisa, Thanks. that was lovely, thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Annalisa. Um, so beautifully said and uh, to, to just add on to that, it, and I, I do believe very strongly that, you know, it's like as a mother myself, I see the difference that I can do, uh, how I can be better as a person and the ripple I can pass on to my children so that they can see how they can be better and we can ripple from the lower levels up too. It's, it's up to us as individuals, but it's us up to us to pass it on. And knowing that, you know, the legacy that we can leave is definitely something that our children can potentially, providing they outlive us, <laughs> that our children can take on. And it's super important that we do see that, you know, what, what are we leaving for our children? What are we leaving for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? And it's really important that we do um, recognise that. And for me, it's like I said, you know, who I choose to work with are those impact driven in particular I, I mentor business coaches and that and the reason I do that is because I want to create the ripple through business coaches that can create the ripple through their clients so it allows me to do it from afar and I want to be um, really remembered by the person that is you know does that at a really awesome level and create such an abundance of impact out there so there's awesome legacies that are being lived now paul as you said and not yeah, into the future that's thank true. you susan thanks terry and thank you both of you um i'm gonna sort of circle right back to the beginning Sherrod, when you sort of introduced me as somebody that works in the space of strategy and spirituality and indeed that's quite quite correct. It's there are two red threads for me. Um, I've realized I can't shake off the career hat of strategist. It's going to be worn going forward. But in my search for vocation, that really comes into the space of spirituality. So I'm looking for the betrothal of strategy and spirituality, the marriage, um, you know, where they align where that alignment can go right into us all here to here. And, um, and so that we begin to, to really become spiritually literate and spiritual 
spiritually intelligent as much as we are strategically excited about the canvases that we can create and paint to bring love, prosperity, profit, and peace to, to us all. And so in terms of um, the infinite game, and um, knowing that, that we're here taking the finite steps towards that infinite game and all those finite steps are co-joined from here to here, that I would like to be remembered as a friend a conduit, a friend of impact, um, nothing more, nothing less. And um, yeah, and just keep this very conscious conversation going. So thank you. Who's John next, Scott. Gerard? John Scott. Thanks so much uh, for everyone here and, and those of you who dialed in. I think, you know, taking this, um, this is a good question, Shard. You, you got me thinking about it. So I, I think what I would like my legacy to be is to have um, leaders and people realize that, number one, that they can overcome challenges and setbacks. Uh, and number two, that for leaders, particularly in the business community around the world, that you don't have to choose between mindful and conscious leadership and business uh, success. Yeah. I think you have to choose mindful and conscious leadership to achieve business success. That's uh, it. So I, I think that that is the legacy that, that I get up every day for, um, to help bridge that gap and to inspire courageous leaders to take action. So I, I think that's, that's as succinct as that can be. Thanks. Thank you, John Scott. Philip. Um, make your moments matter, really, and uh, always have a vision of who you could become. Don't judge yourself by that vision, but use it as an inspiration. And, you know, support the people around you in their own growth and who they could become. And in terms of what I'm going to be remembered for, I want to be part of the acceleration and the transformation towards a planetary society. And that's what I get up for every day. And hopefully we'll make a little dent or a little ripple. <laughs> thank you. Paul, over to you, Paul. Uh, great question, Chiradin. Thank you for, for having me here. And Normally, I say to people, I get up every morning to help them create more impacts on their business and on our world than they could ever imagine. Uh, being here has, has made me realize uh, something else uh, in terms of what I would love to be remembered for, and it's the act of that whole thing. I mean, for example, uh, a couple of us know that just by being here on Zoom, as a, for example, every day, every time I'm on Zoom, 11 kids get access, and it's not about me, but 11 kids get access to game-changing education. Every time I send an email, six kids get access to life-saving water. And it's a matter of taking those tiny little impacts, those tiny little things we do each day and realizing that we can tie impacts to them. So when I used to say, when they put a name on the, on the coffin, you know, or on the, on the slab, uh, that, uh, you know, he was here and he made a difference. I think now it would be, and he made a billion positive impacts because that's where we're heading by 2025. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, conversations like this are going to inspire others to play a part in all of that as well. So thank you for having me here. It's been an absolute Absolutely. delight to share your ideas. Uh, thank you, Paul. And I'm just, uh, you know, creating this uh, platform on which all of you are here today and uh, building a community, a global one. Uh, it, it takes time, but you know, uh, I, I do it almost every day. 
and uh, hopefully it will make a difference. And I have written a few lines uh, for our audience. I'd like to read those uh, before I sign off. And it goes like this. Uh, your life has purpose. Your story is important. Your dreams count. Your voice matters. You were born to make an impact. So on that, I would like to close thanking <laughs> all my panelists and the lovely audience for their participation. And just a note on housekeeping, uh, a recording of this webinar, along with a podcast, will be available in a few hours from now on our website, onlywebinars.com. So thank you once again for participating. Stay safe, be good, and see you on the other side. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you everybody. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, great. Cheers for now.